Burdened with a difficult childhood, a small-town boy sought escape through the allure of the silver screen. That boy was my father, and tonight we explore history and pop culture through film and television trivia. Welcome to the Marionette Theater. Take your seats. The next matinee minutia is about to begin. Hey! Good evening, Toppy. Did you make Hi. it in before the sun melted you today? Uh, I made it in. Uh, I, I crept uh, amongst the shadows, always trying to stay out of the direct sunshine. Uh, I made it uh, fairly well. Uh, that uh, my makeup is dripping a little, but uh, you know what? Can, what can you do? I, I'm beginning to understand how some celebrities have people follow them around with umbrellas because it has been a scorcher lately here. Well, you know, it's amazing the the difference an umbrella can make. So I'm I'm all for that. <laughs> but it's, it's got to lower the temperature at least four or five degrees exactly and that's why we uh batten down the hatches here at chateau star sage because uh we're in an older house and we don't have some of those modern conveniences but that's uh, right that's right <laughs> so hello from the balcony and here in the marionette theater we're in spuds flats new york and i am dj star sage and with me as i mentioned is my co-host mr toppy smelly Hey, folks. Now, DJ, uh, you told me right before we started that you have an announcement about our space here in the Marionette Theater. I sure do. Now, we are um, just, uh, you know, slowing down to a crawl here because, well, you know, the, the, the sun's out to get us this time of year. But uh, we usually take a little bit of a break before the school year starts up again. And uh, this year, well, Miss Patty, she is going to be taking, uh, conducting her widely popular dance classes as usual. But this summer, this summer, it's special. In light, yes. <laughs> in light of the pandemic, she's going to be teaching ballroom dancing, folks. Can you imagine it? Now, participants will be asked to wear hoop skirts to maintain social distancing. Oh, excellent. <laughs> oh, that's rich. Oh, my goodness. That is so funny. But then unintentionally, so is Miss Patty. Gertie. Oh, uh, folks, this is Gertie, our concession stand uh, lady. Uh, Gertie, I, I just, how could you say that about dear Miss Patty? Oh, who cares? Hey, boys, you know the, the, the topic you boys are doing tonight? Oh, uh, Zoobly Zoo? Yeah, yeah, that. It reminds me of the time I dressed up as Mother Goose for that bachelor party. Mm. But my lawyers asked me not to talk about that, so I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, alrighty then. Well, uh, maybe y'all get yourself down those stairs, ma'am, and uh, introduce the show for tonight. Right. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. All right. <laughs> oh. Well, one or two or three, a play Gertie's intro. Make sure everyone signs your waiver about tonight's discussion. <laughs> yeah. Hey, kitties, let's take a trip back to the days when you were little, when mom packed your lunch and pinned your milk money to your shirt, when your biggest worry was picking up all your toys before dinner. Line up single file for the Tunnel of Surprise. We're headed to a magical land with talking animals. It's where we'll learn about theater from a fox and music from a kangaroo. It's time for Ben Vereen and Zubilee Zoo. Welcome to Zubilee Zoo. Hit it, boys. What do you get when you take a dash of the silver screen, a pinch of golden oldies, and a smidgen of screaming? It's time for Matinee Minutia with your hosts, DJ and Toppy. Hey, Toppy, you know that 80s movie about the couple that bought the house that was falling apart? You know, it had, um, oh, who was that, Shelley Long in it? Yeah, Tom Hanks and Shelley Long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, do you remember what that movie was called? 
the house that was plundered. No, no. Uh, the tragic. No, I don't remember what it was. Well, okay. I, I love the house that I'm in. Chateau Star Sage is a labor of love, and my husband's done a bang up job to uh, turn a uh, sow. Or, or how does that go? A, a sow's ear into a silk purse. Well, um, we've had a little trouble out here in the sticks, and uh, we're having to dig a hole. Yes, if you don't live in the city, you got to put your business somewhere, and I'm calling that my money pit. Uh, uh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, city folk don't need to worry about, but uh, yeah, when you're out in the boonies, you got to dig your own tank for you know what. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, those folks that do the work, they are labor people, and, uh, well, they earn their keep. <laughs> oh, so does that mean you've actually started digging, the digging? Uh, well, there is, a, there is a plan being hatched, and part of it, thankfully, involved me getting rid of an older car that's been waiting to be turned into a flower pot. <laughs> Oh, I know why, because they needed to get their stuff into your backyard, right? That's right. Ironically, it's the only side of the property level enough for them to get to the backyard. Oh, what a shame. <laughs> oh, well, you wanted to get rid of that thing anyways. I sure did. So, we're lucky that we're able to uh, get into the inn of doors here and cool off a bit and... Gertie, uh, she's serving up some strong drinks there over at the concession stand, so we'll go ahead and visit her in a little while here. <laughs> we sure will. <laughs> so, Toppy, um, you know, we, we've got a, a show that we're talking about tonight. Yeah, um, it's uh, um, intended for children, and um, I uh, it's called Zoobly Zoo. And I want to know what uh, you chose this, DJ. What did you, what was about the show you, you wanted to feature here? Well, it, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm one to favor happy childhood memories. You know, in this, this time that we're going through, we can all use a little help digging up some positivity. And looking back to my childhood often does that. Now, Zubilee Zoo came out, oh, um... Just after I was of the age to have been their target audience, it was for preschoolers, basically, is my understanding. But uh, that didn't phase me at all. There were bright colors, and there was singing and dancing, and right. that was and just right up my alley. All right, but it's, uh, and what was it all about? Zoobly Zoo was what? What was? Oh it? well, it's a children's television series that features actors dressed as animal characters, and it originally aired from '86 to '87. It continued to run in syndication until 2000 on several TV channels, including. All right, so yeah, long running. Yeah, it, uh, it's been featured on channels such as the Learning Channel. Hallmark Channel, and actually the Disney Channel was one of the first to air it in the early 90s, and uh, currently Hallmark has their hands on it now. It's actually a division of Hallmark that makes the greeting cards. Ah. So uh, each episode was hosted by theater actor, celebrated 80s actor, Mr. Ben Vereen, and uh, he starred prior to this in Roots, the miniseries. He dressed as a spotted snow leopard who plays the mayor of a magical land, of course, called Zubilee Zoo. And he spoke directly to viewers that he referred to as Zubaroos. Now, Vereen usually appeared throughout each episode to summarize the main themes or to perform a song and dance. So basically to tell you the, the moral of the story, like you would, uh, you know, having a book read to you as a child. <laughs> All right, play. The Zoobly theme song, it's pretty catchy. Everyone up, everyone in, time for the fun to begin. Come along with us to Zoobly Zoo, Zoobly Zoo. Magic and wonder are waiting for you. It's as close as a dream and as bright as the brightest blue. Zoobles to you. I'm Mayor Ben. I'm here to lend a helping hand. 
bang, bong. Woo, you gotta love that. Uh, before we keep going, we want to say hi, welcome to the chat room. So many thanks to uh, all of our friends who've come back again and some new names. We've got Billy Starsage, folks, that's uh, DJ's husband. Why, he's probably just downstairs from you, isn't he, DJ? He is taking care of our kitty cats. Yeesh. Then there's our friend Janet from another planet. No. (laughs) (laughs) We've got uh, the Freak Geek, if you're listening. Freak Geek, I haven't uh, seen nor heard from you in many ages. The Freak Geek used to do a podcast, so maybe he's still podcasting out there. I'm not sure. Now, this is a new name for, for me anyways, Toffee Fever. And um, he or she's already gotten some uh, some information up there about Zoobly Zoo. And then uh, there's our friend Tommy, our pal Tommy. Welcome back. And also Vivian Lee, who does a podcast called uh, What's Up, Doc? No, it's <laughs> called What's Your Chicken? No, it's called uh, Not Quite a Cat Lady is what it's called. But DJ... I have a question for you. We've got mm-hmm. was that kangaroo in the chat room, and mm-hmm. you seemed to know that this might possibly be the actual actor who portrayed was that kangaroo right here in our chat room. Well, uh, you know, if it's not them themselves, it's certainly a good friend, and we'll leave it up to them to decide if they want to reveal themselves. Because, you know, part of Zubali Zoo is all about putting on a persona, a character. And, uh, you know, we, we get to pretend to be someone else. So That's right. I like what you said earlier, um, is they were sort of um, furries before they were furries. Yes. <laughs> and so, yeah. Yeah, and we actually have a clip that we can play. Um, I think now might be a good time to do that. There was a reunion a couple of years ago, and uh, Stevie Valance, who played Was That, was quoted as saying this. You know what's so neat, I have to tell you, is that since we did the Zoobles, there's been this new demographic of people called furries. Do you realize, Gary and Michael, we are furries? We are like the real thing. And there's a huge following of furries. Furry pioneers. Zoobly Zoo. Zoobly Zoo. Like the furry. I have have been contacted. You happen to be talking to a great deal of them, actually, tonight on uh, tonight's show, actually. So I want to shout out to all the furries. Because without the furries, we wouldn't be here. And we wouldn't still be alive. So thank you, furries. And, and I would like to know exactly how many furries became furries through Zoobly Zoo. I mean, that's I pretty awesome, too. It makes me wonder if maybe we didn't kind of start a little bit or influence them <laughs> a little, you know? Yeah. I, oh, I'm yeah. not hip enough to know what they're all about, but I, I have to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued with furries, you know? And I am a furry. I think we all oh, yeah. are down. Um, well, I got to tell you, folks, if you're reading the chat room, Was That Kangaroo has identified herself a stevie and that's stevie valance um who was was that kangaroo well that well, is certainly a first for our program and welcome stevie thanks for dropping by um and that's pretty thrilling that you're here and i certainly encourage you uh, was that kangaroo to uh, let fly with any stories you have in the chat room? Because I know uh, the folks, uh, our friends in the chat room, are going to enjoy whatever you, whatever you might be saying. But uh, we're going to go along and um, let's just finish up our description, um, DJ. It, it centers uh, around a group of six creative animal friends, uh, and they're called Zoobies. And they each kind of have their own freaky thing that they do. And uh, they also break into saga dance very frequently. It's odd about those people, but they do. And they play together and they encounter difficulties that young children can understand. And the themes are things like cooperation and making friends. And and uh, I, I think kind of unique uh, they really get into creativity. And uh, DJ, this was something that used to 
people may have seen it on PBS. It was syndicated, so it was kind of all over the place. It was, and I do believe that I probably caught it on my local PBS. There are a lot of, uh, you know, inspirational shows for that time that helped children uh, not be afraid to be creative. And uh, most stations aired this program in its initial run in the wee hours of the morning, so they did have a little bit of difficulty catching uh, their target audience. It was between 6 and 7 in the morning. Now, of course, that could have been when they should have been getting up uh, with their brothers and sisters and getting ready for school. Uh, The target audience was preschool children, and it was originally a partnership between Hallmark and Mattel, but there was never any merchandising produced, unfortunately, not during the initial run. Well, I I got questions. I you know it makes me wonder why because if Mattel was involved, there must have been at least at the beginning like some plans for figurines or something. And I don't know. I I uh, now you guys in the chat room, especially Tommy, Janet, maybe you've been to conventions where you've seen figures or figurines or little uh, you know um, um, a merchandising around Zubilee, but uh, I'm not sure. The toys came first, hmm. was was that Kangaroo says. So there was. So that's interesting. There was merchandising. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes sense, Mattel. Um, so um, maybe, maybe uh, um, was that Kangaroo can tell us more about that. And again, uh, um, anything you have to tell us, uh, was that kangaroo? Um, happy to hear it. So we're going to set the stage a little bit because this was this was the world in 1986 when this series premiered on television. And we're going to talk about what, DJ, that was a long time ago, what was going on in the world. All righty. So in 1986, the year that Zubilee Zoo uh, entered the world on television... The Space Shuttle Columbia was launched with the first Hispanic American astronaut, Dr. Franklin Chang Diaz. And after waiting 37 years, the U.S. Senate approved a treaty outlawing genocide. So this is, of course, well after World War II. The United States Senate allows its debates to be televised on a trial basis. So C-SPAN, that's when it got its start. A major fire at a Los Angeles public library caused by arson destroyed 400,000 volumes. Talk about a tragedy. (laughs) The Statue of Liberty is reopened to the public after an extensive refurbishing. The Oprah Winfrey Show debuts nationally. Oh, good Lord. (laughs) (laughs) I love Brad. Uh, Centennial of the Statue of Liberty is celebrated. And after 35 years on the airwaves and holding the title of longest-running non-news program on network TV, NBC, home of the Peacock, aired the final episode of daytime drama Search for Tomorrow. Well, I guess they didn't need tomorrow. Oh, no. <laughs> they, they couldn't find tomorrow when it ended. <laughs> the sun didn't that's, come out. <laughs> that's horrible. Well, folks, in 1986, we had our, uh, some celebrities that were born uh, that uh, came out of their mother's wombs. Uh, one would be Lady Gaga. And uh, DJ, uh, Amanda, please pronounce the last name. Oh, yes. Uh, Germanata. Stephanie Germanata. Oh, okay. Is that Lady Gaga's real name? It is. And, uh, she, okay. She named, herself <laughs> after, she named herself after a song by Queen Radio Gaga. Radio Gaga. I remember that. Okay. And uh, then we've got Amanda. And what's her last name? Bynes? Bynes, yes. Bynes. All right. Then now I think I actually can pronounce the rest of them here. <laughs> Megan Fox was born in 86. So was Shyla LaBeouf. LaBeef. LaBeef Boof. Okay, so I can't pronounce them. Also, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. Drake Bell. Lindsay Lohan. Brianna Evigan. Evigen. Evig- God. Oops. This is a children's show. I will not swear. <laughs> um. Uh, anyways, Brianna. What do you suppose that is? Evigan. Evigan. 
Uh, she's the daughter of Greg Evigan, who was on BG and the Bear. <laughs> oh, Lordy. And my two dads. Yes, um, um, this is a show about diversity, and uh, we will applaud Brianna for being the daughter of Mr. Greg Evigan. Hats off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just to uh, revisit the chat room, DJ was at Kangaroo said Taco Bell had Zubel dolls. How about them apples? Hmm. Well, that would make sense because Zubilee Zoo was produced in California. And uh, growing up, we didn't actually have anything as fancy as a Taco Bell in my little one horse town. But I can imagine. Mm -hmm. And Tommy. Uh, who changed his name to no wait what how did that happen tommy hash browns oh. is it the same as our tommy yes he just added a last name oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> don't confuse me tommy anyways he seems uh he says he's seen um uh stevie valance's episode of uh poltergeist the legacy she was in hmm. mentions that janet says that she had uh gem and Teddy Ruxpin, and um, let's see. Would you believe uh, that my quite resourceful husband has a Teddy Ruxpin doll in box? <laughs> yeah. Can, can he make it say whatever he wants? That would be funny. He, he's still looking for the tapes, because they were actually a special cassette for those. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's uh, move on, DJ. There were other shows on the boob tube uh -huh. in 1986 that was competing with uh, Zoobly Zoo. What were those? Alrighty, and uh, apologies for any noises you might hear in the background. I have some neighbors who are still celebrating the holiday, and uh, I am not on the lamb. Okay, so uh, other shows on in this time frame in 1986 on television, there was the Secret City Adventures. Now, this show started just the year before, and it was produced on Maryland Public Television, and uh, it featured a, uh, a character named Commander Mark who taught people how to draw in 3D. Hmm. And uh, there's quite a following for that. Uh, you know, might do a show just about that someday. Also, in 86, 321 Contact on PBS. Now, it's something I watched in school. Can you imagine? Kids these days can't even watch movies in school anymore because of copyright law. We watched 321 Contact in the classroom. Mm, three, two, one, contact. Contact, yes. Uh, there was a Canadian show. Now, in my part of the state, uh, I grew up in western New York. We were close enough to Canada in those days that the laws weren't so strict. We actually were able to watch some of Canadian programming on our cable system. And there was a program called Today's Special, which it actually came out just before the film Mannequin with Andrew McCarthy, but it had a similar tone to it. Uh, there was a mannequin that came to life in the uh, later hours of the day when he was alone with one of the window dressers. And uh, it was called Today's Special on Canadian TV. No. Ran for six years. Nothing creepier than mannequins coming to life. <laughs> yeah, the magical hat and uh, the uh, the um, the the spell that was conjured was Hocus Pocus Alamogocus. I still remember it. Right. Uh, let's see now. Uh, a friend of Mister Vereen, uh, the show Reading Rainbow was hosted by Mister Lavar Burton. That came out in '83, so it was still on the air very much in those days. We'll talk about uh, a connection between. Uh, LeVar Burton and uh, Ben Vereen later. Yes, and uh, of course, certainly in its heyday in the 80s, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood was still in production, as, long, as well as Sesame Street and The Electric Company, where Morgan Freeman mm -hmm. got his start. Yes. Uh, now, just, uh, just to uh, put myself in my certain age bracket, uh, I totally grew up with Mr. Rogers and Sesame Street a little bit later on. And even a little bit later on, the electric companies, uh, <laughs> they grabbed me when they finally got the, the license to, to bring Spider-Man on the electric company. <laughs> and 
but uh, I was just uh, I don't know. I had to I had to see Spider Man, so I I started watching Electric Company. But Sesame Street, Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. Uh, I think I was there when they were born. So let's move on and get right into the cast of Zoobly Zoo. And um, we can probably start off right here with Ben Vereen. And he portrayed Mayor Ben. Uh, what can we say? Kind of a legend. Uh, born in North Carolina, raised in Brooklyn. Uh, he was a student of the High School of Performing Arts. I don't know, kind of made famous and fame. I don't know. And uh, by 18, boom, already on his first off-Broadway play, The Prodigal Son. This is about 1965. Uh, just the following year or so, he was in Vegas. And he was in the company of Bob Fosse's Sweet Charity. By 25... He was touring with Sammy Davis Jr. Um, in in London and other places, and um, and then came like the steady stream of Ben Vereen Broadway hits, Hair, Jesus Christ Superstar. I wasn't swearing there. Pippin, A Christmas Carol, Chicago, Fosse. Most recently, I guess, I think, is um, he was the Wizard of Oz and Wicked a couple of years. So that, uh, I mean, if that was it, you know, that's quite, quite a career. And uh, he's got more than 75 acting credits for TV. Most famous has to be his performance of Chicken George in three episodes of Roots, the miniseries, which was, I was in junior high when that came on, and nobody walked, nobody saw, talked, or thought about anything else for about one week uh, besides Roots. And Ben Vereen's performance as Chicken George was stunning and incredibly moving. Uh, most recently, you can still see Ben Vereen in, in appearances uh, on many shows, but I think folks probably remember on Fox TV, they did a remake of the Rocky Horror Picture Show with Laverne Cox, and, um, and he portrayed uh, Dr. Scott in that. So that is really... <laughs> You know, a pretty re short recap of an amazing career. So, DJ, we've got oh, uh, now Bear Ben. He was the animal. He was was a spotted leopard. A what? what? <laughs> a snow leopard. A snow leopard. Okay. Um, so we uh, we should mention as uh, as. Uh, we go along, and there's we've got several people in the chat room. Billy Starsage and Tommy Hash Browns were really skilled at makeup, and they know, you know, a lot of tricks of the trade, and um, have appeared, have dressed themselves up in in many uh, characters as as many characters. So the makeup is kind of fun on the show because they all portray animals and um, uh, you, you can clearly see the actor behind the makeup. Um, there were just a few appliances and most of it was paint and, and costumes, but um, it's a lot of, it's a, a fun, big part of, of these walking, talking, singing, dancing animals. So who else So do we have? Uh, we've got a lot of uh, uh, singing, dancing animals. Uh, DJ, who else? We, we do. Besides Mayor Ben. Now, uh, it's important to note that we are at about halfway through our show, and we normally take a little bit of a break. So we're going to scoot on out here to our concession stand where our senior showgirl, Gertie, is going to be whipping up some wine slushies and other treats. And uh, while you are getting up for your seats for a moment, we have a brief a, uh, interview 
with Mr. Gary Schwartz, who played Bravo Fox. And uh, he's talking a little bit about uh, his experience on Zoo. So here we go. This is just a couple minutes. Hi, everybody. Gary Schwartz here. Also known as Bravo Fox, talking to you about Zoobly Zoo. Uh, Bob Liptak has curated a wonderful channel, and uh, I wanted to, and he asked me if I would um, talk about uh, a couple of memories from some of my favorite episodes. Uh, I have two episodes that sort of stand out. All of, Many of them were so wonderful. But of course, uh, Bravo's Puppets was uh, an episode that I wrote for the show. And um, Dennis Rosenblatt was kind enough to direct it. And um, my friend Caleb Chung and I uh, made the uh, puppets for the puppet show. Um, the only puppet we didn't make was, uh, uh, was at Kangaroos because she was our live accompanist. So uh, she accompanied our puppet show in that episode. But we made uh, the other puppets and uh, had a wonderful time doing that kind of arts and crafts. Uh, and uh, that was a fun that was a fun episode to uh, see done. That was great to see your name under the title as a, as the writer. Another one of my favorite episodes is Bravo Comes Home, which is uh, the episode where uh, nobody listens to Bravo, and um, so he decides to show them what a good guy he was by impersonating his uh, harsher German brother cousin named Otto von Fox. And the fun of it was to the fact that I was doing the voice of Ed Wynn. So then to do the voice of Ed Wynn as a German doppelganger, so to speak. And so then that was a lot of fun. And I remember the episode very fondly. And one of the only times I got to sing Bravo's theme song. So uh, anyway, that's what I remember. Uh, I get a lot of comments from uh, grown people now who said uh, very fondly that uh, Zoobly Zoo was part of their childhood, and that makes me feel very good. So enjoy the channel, and thanks a lot, Bob Liptak. And we are back. Thanks for the wine, slushy Gertie. So, continuing on with the cast... And, uh, you know, Zoobly Zoo had a fair amount of theatrics. We had costuming and we had singing and dancing. So it's no surprise that a lot of the cast had theater experience. Now, Mr. Michael Moynihan played Lookout Bear. He was the adventurer of the show. Uh, And he had like the tent, right? He did. He was the bear and uh, he had that cute little car it was kind of a uh, you know a jeep with a with no you know the i i think they called it a runabout mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, mr michael moynihan's primarily a theater actor and he had uh, prior to zubilee zoo he had guest appearances on several shows including growing pains and uh, he also did a few skits on the tonight show <laughs> very good note DJ, somehow I, I'm I'm going to be responsible for talking about Stevie Fans <laughs> in the chat room. I've never been more nervous. Oh, so this is going to be so lame. I'm so, I mean, Stevie could you know, but here I am. I'm just going to say and uh, feel free to contest or support any of this, Stevie. <laughs> Stevie portrayed was that kangaroo who's in our chat room. And um, and she's Montreal born. Yes, Toronto raised. I love Toronto. I haven't been there in so long. And she was uh, twelve, uh, already touring in a production of Jane Eyre. This is super brief. Uh, okay, so Knots Landing, <clears throat> one of my all-time favorite TV shows ever, 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 ever. Ever? Well, she had guest appearances on Knott's Landing. Also, The Ropers, not to mention Bosom Buddies. She was Steve Gutenberg's love interest in Three Men and a Baby. And now we get to, to hear Stevie's voice in a lot of cartoons. And um, Inspector Gadget. Uh, there was a film called Thumbelina. Also, uh, these Care Bear movies. Uh, how about Sonic the Hedgehog and the 
Popples. Uh, <laughs> uh, Stevie Valence. Also, take this. A jazz musician. She's released four albums. Yeah. How about that? Uh, and probably much, much more that we don't know about. Um, so there you go. That's Was That Kangaroo. And uh, then we got uh, Bravo Fox. Yes. DJ. Mr. Bravo Fox was played by Gary Schwartz, whose voice you just heard in our intermission. And uh, since Zubilee Zoo, Gary has gone on to work with the likes of Robert Redford, Barbara Streisand, Tim Burton, Kenneth Braga, and many other well-known directors. Now, in 2012, he appeared in... Oops, this is a backwards. Mr. Michael Moynihan was actually in this. Uh, in 2012, Michael Moynihan was in This Is Lipstick, which is a short film about a cross-dresser who's suspected of cheating. So, strike that, reverse it. Uh, that was a couple of people in, go in the cast. <laughs> All right, okay. <laughs> then we've got Karen Hartman. Karen Hartman. Oh, no, that was Lisa Hartman. No, it was uh, Karen Hartman portrayed Takatu Kakatu. And she also was in the theatre. Um, and prior to Zubilee Zoo, she did voice work on the eight, 1985 cartoon series Inspector Gadget as well. Um, if, if you do one cartoon, you're probably doing more than that. So there's probably a lot of cartoons Karen Hartman has done. <clears throat> but uh, she also appeared in the movie. Love this movie. The Fabulous Baker Boys from 1989 that had Jeff Bridges and Michelle Pfeiffer in it. Um, also, uh, we also had a Van Gogh Lion DJ. Who, who was Van Gogh? Okay, well, Van Gogh Lion was portrayed by Mr. Forrest Gardner. Now, sadly, uh, Mr. Gardner passed away in 2014. He's no longer with us. But uh, in the 80s, his first film appearance was in Angel Brigade. Now, this was a film actually uh, just before the 80s in 79, starring Alan Hale Jr. and Jim Bacchus. Now, Jim Bacchus, wasn't he Mr. Howell Toppy? Jim Bacchus, yeah. Yes, okay. And, and he was, uh, in cartoons, he was, oh, goodness, he was blind and couldn't see much. Oh, what was oh, name? Mr. Magoo. Mr. Magoo. <laughs> now, Forrest Gardner portrayed a dancer in Staying Alive in 83 with John Travolta. So he was really in the scene there when it got started, and uh, as well as he was in Captain EO in 86, the same year as Zubilee Zoo, which of course was a feature film with Michael Jackson, and it was filmed in 3D for Disney. Yeah. Um, well, that was a blast from the past. <laughs> okay. Uh, Sandy Grin. Now, uh, Sandy portrayed Builder Beaver, and um, and I re I did get to see him in one of the episodes, and he does have a big beaver tail. They all have tails, <laughs> but uh, his, his tail was big and flat. And after Zubilee, he worked on some films you might know, such as Beetlejuice in 1988, um, and he was in two Child's Play movies. Uh, Child's Play 2, Child's Play 3, um, and, uh, and DJ, let's, uh, I, I don't know if that, do you, would you say that's all of the animal characters or were there more? I think they were guest stars, were they not? There were, there... were guest stars and, uh, they once visited a land where people were backwards and, uh, also Bravo Fox, uh, got to, uh, visit with his evil brother who for for no reason of course had a german accent <laughs> uh, all right <laughs> um okay uh that that we heard him talking about that in that clip then mm -hmm. yeah uh, I, uh, I i i dig anybody who's doing fred gwen <laughs> i'm fred gwen <laughs> anyway sorry um uh, yeah Let's talk about the creative team, DJ. Uh, 
who produced this uh, show, or at least one of the major producers. Oh, Brady. Well, uh, I, I've got a clip I can play here for this one. Um, Mary Jo Blue was one of the producers of the show. And uh, here's a little snippet of what she had to say about creating the show. Panel of child development experts involved in the concept continue to scrutinize scripts to make sure the stories, language, and themes will enrich preschoolers. There's the opportunity for Zoobly Zoo in the way that no other children's television program has done to gain the support of early childhood educators. Each of our stories, we have uh, social values that are encompassed, uh, moral values, and of course, overall creative values, so that we really hit underlying foundations for the children but it's all wrapped in an, an entertainment envelope and the child is going to love seeing hey so some of the things that mary joe blue worked on in 2002 she did a tv movie called america's united heart i tried like hell to find out what that was about and i couldn't so oh. <laughs> she also worked on a special for carol burnett called showstoppers and in 96, she did a TV series called Bedtime. It had six very different couples from six major U.S. cities spend their evenings discussing their relationships and personal challenges. Some try to face their issues while others try to avoid them between the sheets. Well, uh, that must have been interesting. I, I take it that was sort of like, what was the big 80s dating show? What was that called? It wasn't the dating game, was it? No, the dating games was like early seventies. This was um, oh, this was so eighties. Well, the I remember show. one with couples, wasn't it? Match game or something like that? No, no, this was this was an interview that was strictly about guys who would go out with girls and girls who would go out with guys. Somebody in the chat, I know it was all over the place, mm -hmm. in the nineties. So. Um, after after Mary Jo did or before Mary Jo did Zubilee Zoo, uh what did what did she also do? Oh, we have a well we have a um a, a kernel of truth in the chat room here. Miss Vivian Lee has volunteered the name of that game show was Love Connection, Toppy. Love Connection. <laughs> yes. That was it. Oh right. So uh, Toppy, uh, we are going to go ahead and move on here to the director and producer of this, uh, of Zubili Zoo. Who was that? Okay, so we're talking about Steve Binder, and he's got an interesting past. So he started out with some early stuff in the 60s um, for the, the new Steve Allen show. He did a couple of Gilligan's Island, but what he's really famous for what really are part of his chops are two specials he did in 1968. They were both for uh, performance artists, uh, uh, singers. Uh, one was Petula Clark and the other was Elvis Presley. So we'll talk about the Petula Clark special of 1968. This is the famous special in which... Petula Clark touched the arm of Harry Belafonte on TV Ooh. and drew complaints from Doyle Lott, who was the advertising manager for the sponsor of the show, the Plymouth Division of Chrysler. And this guy was afraid that that brief touch between Petula Clark and Harry Belafonte would have then Southern viewers at a time when racial mixing was still a major con issue of controversy in the U.S. And isn't it still? Let's admit it. Also, uh, so uh, Steve Binder uh, refused to take it out. Um, so did Petula Clark. And guess what? Poor lot got, oops, I mean canned. And uh, Chrysler said, boo boy now. And, uh, and the show did air with the touch. And it had tremendously high ratings and achieved critical acclaim. And, well, in sort of a sad kind of way, 
or maybe a good way. I'm not sure. Mark the first time a man and a woman of different races exchanged physical contact on American television. <laughs> Some might have said that was Kirk kissing Uhura. I don't know which came first. At any rate, the second music special he did in 68 was uh, called Singer Presents Elvis. And uh, it's also referred uh, to as the uh, Elvis comeback special. So uh, they heard about the controversy of uh, the Petula Clark special and they wanted Bender in there. They got him. And uh, Presley wasn't really keen on doing a TV special. They really wanted him to do it. They thought it would be a ratings blockbuster. Um, and Elvis uh, apparently, allegedly, asked Bender, hmm, well, where, where do you think my career is at, buddy? And Bender claims to have replied, I think it's in the toilet. <laughs> and Bender also took Presley out into the streets and showed him, uh, <clears throat> Elvis, do you see anyone recognizing you? No. Nobody recognizes you. You need to do a TV special, and you need to get your career back on track. This convinced Elvis. Uh, so that's kind of, you know, you don't think about what producers and directors have to do. But sometimes it's exactly that kind of thing behind the scenes. Um, at any rate, uh this music special did have a tremendous uh, audience. It did revive Presley's career. He was wearing his black leather outfit. He looked great. And uh, a little bit of TV history. So, Binder, uh, you can imagine, uh, probably a lot of people wanted him to direct their TV specials. And Barry Manilow was one, and Livy Newton-John another, Debbie Boone, Diana Ross, Patti LaBelle, all got Bender to direct their TV specials. And most famously and wonderfully for me, and maybe DJ and <laughs> others in this chat room, Bender famously directed the Star Wars Holiday Special of 1978. Now, I will have to admit that this made me love Zubily Zoo just that little bit more, because here at Matinee Minutia, we like the quirky things. We're not going to be talking about what was a smash hit at the box office. We want the underdog because they have the more interesting story. Okay. Indeed you do. So, uh, David Hofstad, who is the author of a book, uh, what were they thinking? The 100 dumbest events in television history mm -hmm. ranked the star Wars holiday special from 1978 at numero uno calling it the worst two hours of television ever. I guess that depends on who you ask. Oh, it's a sight to behold. After Zubili Zoo, Bender uh, went on to do Pee-wee's Playhouse. You gotta love that. Mm -hmm. The Super Mario's, uh, the, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, and <laughs> Chevy Chase show. Well, okay, the Chevy Chase show lasted about five seconds. But anyways, let's just talk about Zubli Zoo, DJ, and your impressions and and um, what you liked about it. Well, uh, certainly, you know, the bright colors inspire children's imaginations. And I love the fact that each of the characters had some sort of creative aspect to their personality. You know, uh, was that, of course, he was gifted with music. Bravo was interested in theater. And Lookout was the adventurer. And, you know, of course, uh, Takatu... She was all about spreading the news, as her song talks about. And, you know, actually, that's part of the reason why Takutu remains one of my favorite characters, because once upon a time, I thought I wanted to write for a newspaper. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> well, um, I particularly enjoyed the, the way the characters, you know, were very different from one another 
and <clears throat> uh, there the sets were charming and nice, and and yet, <clears throat> how shall I say it? <clears throat> Whether it was intentional or not, it felt homespun. Mm -hmm. And in other words, uh, you almost felt like a, the, a community theater kind of vibe from this whole thing. Um, and I just thought that it was, it lent uh, itself very well to the material and uh, as something that just all kind of hung together in a very charming way. Um, and of course, uh, the songs I thought were all, you know, good. So, oh, DJ, tell, what, what's the connection between the music and the songs and the Power Rangers? Oh yes, so um, the one of the people behind some of the music of Zubilee Zoo was Mr. Haim Saban, and I'm forgetting uh, his his business partner's name. Uh, Levy was the last name, but uh, they wrote the music to at least the theme song. Now I actually think that this is a good moment for us to play one of those songs that was performed by the cast because, of course. Uh, many of them had some uh, theater background, and that uh, played a part in them getting cast. So here is the Best friend song, sung by uh, actually most of the cast today. I know that it's Lookout Bear and Was At, but here we go. You and I have a special <laughs> feeling about each other, which... Very nice. Um, just to uh, get back in touch with what's happening in the chat ground, in the chat ground, the background in the chat room, um, we have um, a, just so many interesting things that have come up because uh, um, Stevie's here. Was that kangaroo? Also, Toffee Fever seems to know a heck of a lot um, about this show. Um, but anyway, so many interesting things have come up. Uh, there's too many to name, but um, I thought this was really nice. Was that kangaroo? Uh, <clears throat> uh, said uh, she says we all supported each other and made mistakes and forgave each other. It offered a sense of belonging to the fans. There was a magical synergy that happened because the cameras teleprompters were always breaking. So we had to improvise all the time. Isn't that cool? Yeah. And, you know, talk about sacrificing for your art. It was, uh, it was revealed by Stevie actually in one of the uh, interviews that I listened to that they filmed this, of course, in California. And because it was so noisy, the air conditioning was turned off during filming, so they were in those costumes in over 100-degree temperatures. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm glad, you know, <clears throat> uh, look, you know, Ben Vereen's great in it, um, but this is just the real synergy was happening with the cast that was there all the time. And obviously Ben Vereen did his part separately and you know, that's great and everything, but they probably had to pay him a lot of money. And it just seems to me like what kid is going to know Ben Vereen? Hmm. So I don't know. I just think that was kind of a, like, uh, you know, what were they thinking? What would, what did they think Ben Vereen was going to bring in? Why not have had just more attention paid to the main cast that was doing, well, all the work? <laughs> uh, in other words, who did they think they were attracting by having Ben Vereen? And I don't know. The, these kids wouldn't know Ben Vereen from anybody. Well, certainly uh -oh. the, the character that they crafted for him, 
um, I, I would say had to have had some inspiration, at least by the then current production of Cast or sorry, Cats. Okay, of, well, there's clearly a Cats influence, right? Yeah. And I, I think that probably Ben Vereen's experience in theater is, you know, what brought him to their attention. And in the 80s, of course, he was making appearances on a lot of TV shows, and including Webster. So maybe if they wanted to, um, you know, catch the eye of young children that, um, you know, would have somebody that they recognize from current TV. But yeah, I, I would agree that the cast did have quite a bit of chemistry. Let's see. Let's listen to what was that kangaroo had to say. She says, uh, that's profound what you're saying right now. I can't comment, but Ben gave it cachet and which, you know, okay, it did. Mm -hmm. And the parents knew who he was. It made it Broadway by feel. And uh, yeah, she says cats was, was top at the time. So there you go. We got to wrap this up shortly. Yeah, um, so that we, went by so fast. It sure did. Now we are at the point of the show where we talk about other things that you might enjoy if you enjoyed Zoobly Zoo. This this is uh, our snack tray. I'm going to go ahead and go first. Now, of course, Zoobly Zoo came out in '86, and uh, I might have been a little bit older than the intended audience, but I certainly enjoyed it. And uh, something I'm going to recommend strictly from being uh, 1986 is uh, is the animated cartoon The Real Ghostbusters. Now, it's called The Real Ghostbusters because the original Ghostbusters prior to the Columbia Pictures film in 84 was actually sort of a Saturday morning live action, um, you know, ghost hunting thing. And it was sort of, uh, you know, an homage to the Three Stooges. So they called it the real Ghostbusters because at the time there was a copyright in question. But uh, it was a, a fun series that ran many years. And um, most interesting to me, one of the voice actors also did the voice of Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> Who we talked about in our very last episode. And now I've forgotten his name. Dunk on it. All right. So what this, uh, so I, I was, you know, too old for this show to have crossed my radar. And I, you know, I, I would have been going to work or whatever. I probably would never have seen it. Um, so the, uh, uh, Zoobly Zoo, totally new to me, uh, what I was looking at. But it reminded me of what I did see when I was much younger, uh, around 1972, that, that, uh, I think is a closely related to Zoobly Zoo. And it was a show called the new zoo review. And it was a half hour children's television show. Uh, there was 196 episodes. It was kind of a musical comedy format show where they sang and danced. However, I must say they were much clumsy. It was a very clumsily choreographed, uh, singing and dancing, not at all like um, what they achieved uh, on Zoobly Zoo. And, and their costumes were full-body costumes. So there was Henrietta Hippo, Freddy the Frog, and Woodsy the Owl. No, I don't remember. Woodsy the Owl was, he was like uh, defending uh, the environment. Uh, the Owl was called somebody. Anyway, and Doug and Amy Joe were human members of the cast, but they sang and they had messages that dealt with things like courtesy, bragging, patience, moving away in a way that Zubily Zoo did a decade later. So interesting connection there. The new Zoo Review, it's on YouTube, <clears throat> by the way, so is uh, many episodes of Zoo. So you can kind of compare. It's kind of fun to compare them. So that is my uh, recommendation. If you like Zoobly Zoo, check out something a little, um, I don't know, more basic. Uh, the New Zoo Review. I loved Henrietta Hippo. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, DJ, it's time to, to get the coins out and it, figure out what we're doing next time. It is. And before Stevie leaves the room, I uh, just want to encourage people to look out for her jazz albums. Of course, she's done four of them. And uh, as someone who's only recently started appreciating jazz, I would love it if we could get uh, 80s star Jeff Goldblum to collaborate with Stevie on something. Now, I think that would be a trip. Well, I know he pl- he loves playing the piano. Sure does. So does he do jazz? Is that what he does? Yes. It's, uh, you can actually hear uh, some of his uh, music often on my favorite jazz station locally. But uh, um, oh, let me think about this again here. Uh, Jeff Goldblum. Yes, I was flustered. Jeff Goldblum has uh, at least an album or two out. So... <laughs> Uh, Toppy, we are uh, at the end of the show, and uh, as this is a celebrated historical theater, we have some little uh, some little uh, trinkets that have been left around from the days of vaudeville. I mean, hold those trinkets just for a second. Let's just acknowledge, uh, for the final time, mm-hmm. this wonderful, weird, magical thing that happened tonight that never happens to us, but uh, a character from Zubilee Zoo. Uh, was in our chat room tonight. Was that kangaroo? And that's um, Stevie. And uh, I'm not exactly sure how it happened that she was here, but it certainly made the chat room tonight and all of the information she provided. So thank you so much. Um, and uh, we really lucked out tonight in that regard, didn't we? We sure oh, did. Day. You invited her. Yes, I, I, uh, I, I, I traipsed down the uh, secret path to find the official Facebook group, and what's that invited me in. So I, I just thought I would share the breadcrumbs. Well, that's kind of amazing, and we really appreciate it. That Stevie Valance was at Kangaroos. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us, Stevie. Now, Toppy, go ahead and grab that bag of coins in the magician lot. Some coins. Gonna put that coin in the magic gumball machine here. Okay. All right. A capsule has just been discharged into the hands of DJ Starsage. What are we watching next time, DJ? Alrighty. So in uh, three weeks from tonight, because uh, July is a long month, this will be our summer finale. I know it's so sad, but we got to take a break because Miss Patty wants to use our space. Yes. Uh, so yes. on Friday, on uh, Friday, August seventh at nine p.m. Eastern, Jerry is an American expatriate trying to make a living in post-war Paris. Before he knows it, he's become smitten for the young lady. Yes, yeah, smitten for the young lady who's caught his two best friends' attention. Gene Kelly stars in this 1951 musical that spells the start to the end of an era for Hollywood. This features George Gershwin's music, and it's an American in Paris. Next time, next time on Matinee Minutia. Well, uh, thank you. Everyone in the chat room, Toffee Fever, Was That Kangaroo, Janet, uh, The Freak Geek, Logan, Logan Nagel, Nagel, Nogel, Nagel, uh, Crown Haven, The Ever Mysterious, Billy Star Sage, and uh, Tommy Hasbrowns, Vivian Lee. Oh, what a full fat, full fat chat room. That was just a full chat room. We won't say full and fat. Uh, anyways, Burp. how much fun was that? <laughs> I said, how much fun was that? It was so much fun. I'm going to have to uh, put it in a container to save for later. All right, <laughs> folks, uh, we're going to uh, leave the uh, stream. And thanks again for joining us. Good night, Gracie. Good night, Gracie. Thank you for listening to Matinee Minutia. Our show streams live on the first and third Friday of the month. Go to univazpods.net, click the tower for audio, enter Discord for chat. You can find our show anywhere you listen to podcasts. 
visit our webpage at matineeminutia.com. Tweet us on Twitter at Matinee Minutia. Find our group on Facebook. Have an idea for a show? Or let us know how we're doing. Email us at matineeminutia at gmail.com. Just gone wild with Matt and Tom. Speak up. The Smellcast by Tommy Smelly. Be heard. Tastes like burning with Tim and James. Unique voices in podcasting. The Shy Life Podcast with me, Paul the Shy Yeti. Univazpods.net.